This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good! It's Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Brendan Glasheen joined by a trio of baseball experts of Action Network. Sean Zarillo, Colin Whitchurch, and BJ Cunningham. Major League Baseball opening day is this week. In this episode, we are highlighting our favorite National League best bets. American League episode out earlier in the week, so you can check that out. On the Action Network podcast, I will remind all of you that for more baseball content on the podcast side, we have Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast, which will be uh, coming to you uh, throughout the course of the week leading up to opening day and also throughout the season. But we wanted to come to you on the Action Network podcast side to give out some favorite bets. Starting the NL East, looking forward to this. I think that's where we have a lot of uh, edges and discussion to be had Zarillo, the Braves. I know you've talked about the Braves quite a bit uh, in your win total projection right up on actionnetwork.com. The value, though, I think on the Braves, I know you're still finding some, but it's coming down. So you might want to get in on the Braves in the variety of ways that you have. Why don't you tell us what you got? Yeah, I think these numbers are shrinking, uh, not only because I put the information out there and generally when I put this out and a lot of people tell it, the numbers come down, but also the Mets injuries and the Phillies injuries in spring training, Ranger Suarez and Andrew Painter dealing with elbow soreness. Reese Hoskins went down yesterday. It seemed very bad. I don't know what the prognosis is on that. It's a torn ACL. Yeah, so he's done for the year. Uh, Edwin Diaz done for the year. Jose Quintana for the Mets not coming back till midsummer. So the Mets and the Braves, or the, the Mets and the Phillies coming to the year extremely banged up with some key players. So yes, I would absolutely jump on the Braves right now down to plus 105 to win the division, plus 400 pennant, plus 900 World Series. It's basically the recommendations I've had since the middle of last year when I viewed the Braves as the best team in baseball. That projection hasn't really changed, but also Fangraphs has viewed them as the best team in baseball since around that time too. I think just their combination of star talent and depth exceeds everybody else. Should get a full year from Ronald Acuna, hopefully this year. Ozzy Albi is coming back healthy. Michael Harris, I think, is still underrated compared to what he did last year. Uh, he literally put up like a Mike Trout-level rookie season. So the Braves, and I have a bunch of player prop bets on Matt Olson, Max Freed, like they're across the board. The Braves, I think, are a great team to bet. But in terms of the win total, where I would look now is still to the Phillies under 88 and a half because it hasn't really moved that much after the Hoskins injury. And given the news around, as I said, Suarez and Painter with their elbows, potentially shoulder for one of them, either way, it's not trending well for the Phillies. So the depth is already falling apart. That was my biggest concern with them. They have star talent there. Trey Turner, big addition for them, made some nice additions in the bullpen too, but probably not getting Bryce Harper back till around the All-Star break. And if they're doing okay, they have no reason to rush him either. They just want him healthy. So if they're in the wild card race, if they're not like struggling really badly, they're not going to rush him by any means. They're going to make sure he's 100% healthy. They were my favorite long shot last year, right? Because I thought if they got to the playoffs, they were dangerous. But going into the season, I don't like their depth as much to get close to 90 wins, which is roughly where their win total is. So 
I just think this win total is a bit too high compared to the depth they have. I still like them to get to the playoffs, be a wild card team. By the end of the year, everybody should hopefully be healthy. Bryce will be healthy. Uh, and they'll be competitive and dangerous in the playoffs, obviously one of Hoskins, but maybe they make an addition, replace him, et cetera. So my favorite angles for the AL East going into the year, I would bet the Braves right away right now. I'd bet the Phillies win totals under right now. I think those are all correlated, obviously, but also given the injury news, I expect those lines to continue to move in my direction. Earlier in the month when we did our payoff pitch division previews, you could have got the Braves at plus 140 to win the division yeah. uh, over at FanDuel. So as Zarillo said, the numbers shrinking, want to jump in uh, ASAP before there uh, could be a market correction based on the injuries elsewhere in the division. Colin Whitchurch, you discussed it quite a bit, the, the rookie of the year angles in the American League. You actually have a Cy Young pick and it's on the Philly side. Yeah, I just want to echo, um, I agree with everything Zarillo said about the Braves. I have World Series future on them. I have pennant future on them. I The Braves would be my top bet in the NL East, but in an effort to give out as many bets as possible on this podcast, I'll talk about my favorite Cy Young future. And this is just a pure value play by who I think could end up by the end of the season being the best pitcher in the National League. That's Aaron Nola. We talked about the Phillies. It's stars and scrubs in Philadelphia, but one of their stars is Aaron Nola. The fact that he has the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth best odds mm-hmm. to win NL Cy Young is insane to me, 13 to one. I don't see any reason why his odds should be longer than Max Fried, than Zach Gallon. I understand why Sandy Alcantara and Corbin Burns are up there at the top. I just trust him more than some of the older guys on, let's say, the Mets staff, like Verlander and Scherzer, to get through the season. I, If I had to guess as to why Nola's odds are as long as they are, it's because he was one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball last year. He had a 4.63 ERA, but all of his expected stats were about a full run lower. I think that there is absolutely a scenario where, regardless of how the Phillies do, Nola could end up leading the National League in innings pitched, leading the National League in strikeouts, have an ERA in the mid threes, that's going to have him in the Cy Young conversation. So 13 to one, I feel like is a steal right now. I feel like by mid-May, he's going to be one of the three or four favorites. And right now he's seventh. So I, I love Nola for Cy Young. Yeah, that's from my narrative. favorite NL Cy Young bet too. I just want to echo Colin. I project Nola second in NL war amongst pitchers behind Corbin Burns. So considering he's, where'd you say sixth or eighth on the odds board, it doesn't align eighth. with his projection. Well, I would think too, Colin, from a narrative perspective, if the Phillies do hang around and stay in contention, Nola would be a big reason why, considering the the back end of that rotation having injury concerns. Zarillo brought up the elbow stuff. So just from a, a narrative standpoint, Nola keeping them around in the race, he could get a lot of attention because he'd have to carry that staff. Because the other staffs, and I mean, you look up and down the, the list here. I know Alcantara is probably the exception because he's like, that's it in Miami, but... A lot of, a lot of, a lot of cases where there's two names from one staff. I realize Zach Wheeler's there too, but if if, it, if the Braves are or if the Phillies are hanging around, Noel's going to be a big reason why. Yeah, I think that that is probably a narrative that you'll see more in the MVP race than the Cy sure. Young race. But you know, he's as steady as they come at this point. He's he's one of the safest bets to make it through a season healthy. You know, knock on wood after all that the Phillies have gone through. But he's one of the safest bets to make it through a season healthy. He's going to give you longevity. He's going to strike out a ton of dudes. I just don't understand why he's 13 to one right now. Like Zach Gallon, I love Zach Gallon. 
absolutely adore Zach Gallon. He was lights out down the stretch for the Diamondbacks last year. He's done it for half a season. Aaron Nola's done it for three or four years now. Well, if Nola goes down, it helps the under. So yeah. I believe Noah's the leader in like starts, innings pitched, et cetera, over the past several seasons too. He's he's been the workhorse of MLB. BJ, we haven't heard from you yet. NL East, what what are your thoughts? Do you have anything you'd like to play now? Yeah, I mean, I obviously, you know, echoing a lot of what Sean and Colin have said about the Phillies, I like them in kind of a different market. I like them to miss the playoffs at plus 175. Obviously, Hoskins going down for the season hurts them quite a bit. Uh, you know, he was a 2.2 war hitter last season. So losing about two wins from a team who already has a composite win projection around 86, that's big time troublesome. Plus, they're in probably the most difficult division in the National League with the ascension of the Marlins, all the talent that they have. So it's going to be a very, very difficult division for them to potentially, you know, get a wild card out of, let alone win. And the concerns with the Phillies right now is, you know, obviously they added Trey Turner as one of the best hitters in baseball. Bryce Harper will be back midway through the season. The lineup is still very, very talented and one of the best in the National League. But the starting pitching is a concern. Obviously, Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler are two top 25 pitchers in Major League Baseball. There's no really concerns with those two guys. But beyond that, they already mentioned, you know, Ranger Suarez has forearm tightness. We don't know what's going to happen with him. We have Tywin Walker, who last season was productive for the Mets, but he was a... 3.9 XCRA. That's the first time he's ever done that in his career. So now getting up over the age of 30, asking him to do that again is a lot. And then Bailey Falter overperformed really drastically last season. I think it was a 3.6 ERA. Ex- expected ERA was around 4.7. And then beyond that, who knows? So you already have a thin starting pit, starting rotation in the most difficult division in, in the National League. So you're asking your lineup essentially to carry you all the way there. And if you look at fan graphs, they only have the Phillies projected at 49% to make the playoffs. So a plus 175, I think there's tremendous value, given obviously all the injuries that have happened with the Phillies so far for them to miss the playoffs. Let's go to the NL Central Zerillo World Series angle for a team out of the Central. Yeah, the Cardinals, my favorite long shot World Series pick in the National League. Similar angle, I guess, to the Rays in the American League, which was my favorite long shot there. I think the Cardinals should be peaking at the end of the season, given how much position player depth they have. I actually don't know if they've figured out their starting lineup yet, what they're going to do with Jordan Walker. Walker started out great in spring, then got hurt, has struggled in recent at-bats, so he may end up going to the minors to start the season, even though it looked like he was a lock for their opening day roster at one point. Their biggest concern is starting pitching, led by 50-year-old, million-year-old Adam Wainwright. I think Nicholas Montgomery, they're going to give them solid innings. Steven Matz gets hurt every year. Jack Flaherty is a complete mystery. So they have like two solid starters, and then everything else is kind of a guess. The bullpen is also hit or miss. Like They're relying on Jordan Hicks to come back off injury and give them something big. But by the end of the year, with all the prospects they have, all the pieces they have, how active they should be at the trade deadline, et cetera, this team should look a little bit different than it does now. I would expect them to add some starting pitching. And I think come playoff time, they're going to be a very dangerous team because this position player group is so deep. I would put them up one through nine with any other lineup in baseball, including the Padres, including the Mets, including the Braves, Yankees. I think this Cardinals lineup one through nine is as deep as any other group. Plus they have depth on the bench to sub people out, play matchups with guys like Nolan Gorman, Yepes, tons of prospects coming up. Um, 
even have Mason Wynn like sitting in double A, who is probably blocked, but other teams would be able to bring him up this year. Liberator in triple A. So like given the all the pieces they have not only currently on their roster, but what they could use for trades, et cetera, the Cardinals come playoff time should be very dangerous. I like their divisional odds at minus 115. Those have moved closer to minus 140. So that's why I'm looking more at bigger odds, long-term angles with the Cardinals. I do think they're better than the Brewers. I think the rules are going to help them more than the Brewers. Obviously, the pitching a concern, but I don't think that's going to matter given their defense and their player position position player group. So, yeah, I, you guys know I've been very low on the Cardinals the past couple of years. I bet their win total unders. I've uh, been on the Brewers' divisional odds, but I think this year with the new rules, with the roster construction they have, not only are the Cardinals a safer bet for the division, I think they are a, an actual dangerous World Series contender. This would be a division where the old rules in terms of scheduling would probably help the Cardinals because of the Cubs being <laughs> formulating an all-star team from like five years ago, the way the Cubs have put their team together, pirates and reds smell. Um, so it'd be better uh, for, for this, this particular division, if they actually had a chance to play each other um, more often, Colin Whitchurch, you're, you're down on a team right below the Cardinals. As far as the odds are concerned coming out of this division. Did you say the pirates and reds smell? Yeah. They have a scent. <laughs> I didn't sorry. say they smell bad. They say, I didn't say they smell bad or good. That's fair. I don't think that's the team so much as uh, Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, so, I'm sorry. Sorry to all of you out there. No, we, uh, Ohio has legal sports betting now. We need to be nice to them. They're going to do a lot of gambling on the Guardians and Reds. This season. Well, hold on a second. We did the American League episode, and Massachusetts just legalized, and you were crapping on the Red Sox. So. Yeah, well, that's Massachusetts. They They can take it. Okay. Anyway, but I digress. Yes, I, I love the Cardinals this year. My angle on betting betting on the Cardinals this year is to fade the Milwaukee Brewers, who I think are being overvalued. Their win total right now, 86 and a half. I'm going under on that. It's actually funny. I was looking at the make-miss playoff odds yesterday. The Brewers are the only team in the entire majors that are a true toss-up on the make-miss. They're minus 110 in both directions. They're the only team that's like that. And I... I think they're going to miss the playoffs. We talked in the American League episode about how both the AL Central and NL Central are going to have a tough time getting more than one playoff team. And I think the Brewers are going to be one of the odd teams out because of this. This is a team that has talked about potentially selling this season. They obviously have one of the most dynamic one-two punches in baseball at the top of the rotation. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Are both of them going to be Brewers by the end of July? I'm not so sure. Their lineup has kind of started to fall apart a little bit. I love Willie Adamas. Are we going to see a repeat performance out of Rowdy Telez? Is Christian Yelich going to provide anything? Are we going to see a bounce back from Jesse Winker? William Contreras, is he going to do what he did in Atlanta last year? Luis Urias, they're relying on guys like Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang, who are completely unproven, kind of back end of the top 100 type prospects. And I just don't see it, especially in a world where they're not going to be playing the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds as often as they did last year. Because they smell. Because <laughs> they smell. I'm out on the Brewers this year. I think the Cardinals run away and hide in that division. Uh, you know, the Brewers could finish in second place in that division and still hit the under on their win total. 86 and a half, I think, is far too high. I think they're going to be a lot closer to a 500 team this year. So out on the Brewers. I apologize deeply to our NFL editor, Matt Treby, 
but Brewers are going to be bad this year. Under Wonder if and Burns both free agents at the end of the year too, and we saw how that's why they yeah. created Hater last year when they were like kind of floundering a little bit, still in first place. So yeah, this front office is very quick to sell. BJ NL Central. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate a look at the Pirates to, to hit their win total over uh, six two and a half. Obviously, it's the most popular win total uh, out there of, of any team in, I think, 99% of the money is on the over. But it's a very exciting lineup. Obviously, O'Neill Cruz is one of the most exciting hitters in baseball. They have um, they just brought back Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana, which, you know, obviously they're getting up there in age. So you can't expect much production from them, but they also still have Brian Reynolds, who has been one of the more consistent productive hitters in the national league central for a really long time. Key Brian Hayes is a is obviously been, you know, one of the more exciting young hitters as well for them. G man Choi, very, very solid hitter for uh, Tampa Bay for a long time. So this lineup is, is halfway decent. You know, the starting rotation Leaves a lot to be desired. You know, I love my friend Mitch Keller from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He had a better season <laughs> than he's had the last two seasons. Uh, Ronzi Contreras has, has been exciting. You know, he's got great stuff. He obviously fell off a little bit towards the end. In the back end, I mean, it's not good. Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez is going to be, you know, if they were on like a, a halfway decent like team, they would be awesome fade material. But uh, essentially, since they're going to be on the Pirates, they're going to be massive underdogs. So there's probably be scenarios where I'm going to have to, you know, place a, a three to one bet on Rich Hill uh, when they face. The Cardinals are something, but, uh, and then, you know, the bullpen is obviously not good, but again, we're not asking this team to to go 500. We're just asking them to win uh, six, about 65 games. So I like the Pirates win total over. I actually do kind of like the Brewers to, to make the playoffs as well. I'm going to disagree with Colin on that one. Obviously the lineup uh, leaves a lot to be desired. I think they're just a perfectly average lineup, but even beyond Corbin Burns and, and Brandon Woodruff, I mean, Freddie Peralta has some of the nastiest stuff in the national league and has, and has underperformed the last few seasons as well as Eric Lauer, who's been a perfectly average starting pitcher. And then Wade Miley, who knows what you get out of him, but the bullpen is also very good. You know, Devin Williams is a top five reliever in major league baseball. You know, he's, he's a candidate to maybe lead the national league in saves. And then beyond that, Holby Miller and Matt Bush are top 100 relievers. So I actually do like the Brewers to make the playoffs. I think that they have the starting rotation and the bullpen depth to get them across the line and especially in what is, you know, a weaker division, obviously they're not gonna be playing, you know, the Cardinal, excuse me, not the Cardinals, the Cubs pirates and reds as much as they used to. But I think this team is, is perfectly capable of making the playoffs, especially when fan has them at 57% to make the playoffs. And finally, the national league West Padres, very active this off season, the Dodgers, are they taking a step back because of uh, some of their roster reconstruction due to some some flights from their roster Dodgers are favored in the division minus 125 Padres next and then I won't use the the smell word I I, I guess I could for Rockies and Diamondbacks but any, anywho Zerillo angles on uh I feel like we're going to talk a lot of Dodgers Padres here in this particular division what what, what, what are your thoughts here yeah, and I've, I feel like we shouldn't leave out the Giants because the Giants did win the division two years ago and had that incredible season, but they weren't able to acquire their two main targets during the offseason, which were Judge and Correa. And if they had gotten either, maybe there would be a little bit more buzz about the Giants getting involved here. Uh, I still think with the prospects they have coming up, maybe next year is the year we get more interested in the Giants. And additionally, if they can actually sign somebody in free agency, but... In terms of how I want to bet this division, it's just Padres to win the division, and that's it. No Dodgers under, no Padres over. I think Padres plus 140-ish to win the division is 
by far the best way to play the NL West. Essentially, Fangraphs makes this division to pick them. I have them within a game of each other. I believe Pakoda has the Dodgers about three wins better than the Padres. Looking down, up and down the Dodgers roster, we talked about it, does not scare you nearly as much as it has in recent years. Now, Colin and I were chatting before we just jumped on the pod. We were looking through their bullpen, seeing guys like Shelby Miller. And, you know, we trust the Dodgers to find guys to be productive. Guys like Shelby Miller, who were a year off injury, who went to the Giants for seven innings and threw a slider 55% of the time. And they signed him for a million bucks. Like, I trust the Dodgers to get that trackman data, realize this guy has a high chance of being a good reliever based on our data models and to make efficient signings like that. But they do not have, in my opinion, the elite level talent that they've had in recent years losing Trey Turner. It's just not the elite talent, uh, you know, not being assured that Clayton Kershaw is going to give you as many innings as he has. Arias struggled in the WBC. Walker Bueller hurt the start of the year. I actually think Dustin May is going to have a breakout year finally, but they're relying on guys like Noah Syndergaard, guys who they invested small amounts of money in, who were probably going to turn out to be invest good investments, but they need all of those to hit in order to beat the Padres. Otherwise, the Padres are just deeper, have more star talent. I don't love Darvish this year. Lower on him. Joe Musgrove hurt to start the year. There's reasons to be skeptical about the Padres too, but I prefer their lineup. I prefer their bullpen. And I think their starting pitching is as deep or deeper to the point where I prefer them to win the division. So plus 140-ish division right now, plus 550 pennant. I like those down about plus 115, plus 500 respectively. My final four, my NLCS would have the Braves and the Padres in it. So I have pennant bets on both of those teams, divisional bets on both of those teams. And I think the projections justify both of those bets as well. Colin Whitchurch, you share similar sentiments on the Padres to come out of the West. Yeah, I won't uh, reiterate a lot of what Sean said. He made a very salient points. I will say that uh, you're going to see me give out a lot of long shot bets leading up to the season. You heard it on the American League podcast. You're going to hear more in just a second from me, but one of the non-long shots I'm going to be betting falls along the same Padres love fest. I'm betting Juan Soto to win NL MVP. Yep. He's the favorite. He's plus 550. You will rarely see me bet favorites this early in the season. I wouldn't, for example, bet Shohei Otani to win AL MVP at plus 220. But at plus 550, I think this is the highest we're going to see Soto's odds all season. I think this is when there's value. You know, I started working at Action Network about two years ago, right before the 2021 season. And Sean and I were kind of getting to know each other and talking about awards leading up to the 2021 season. And we joked with each other. I think we're just going to keep betting Juan Soto to win NL or to win MVP until he finally does. He was a national at the time. And I'm sticking to that. I'm betting Soto to win NL MVP until he does, because we know health pending, he's going to be a top two or three hitter in the league at worst. He could easily be number one. I think by mid-May, we could see Juan Soto NL MVP odds at about plus 200. And right now at the beginning of the year, because it's such a wide open race, He's plus 550. His teammate, Fernando Tatis Jr., is right there at 10 to 1. Manny Machado is at 12 to 1. But Juan Soto is the best hitter on the planet. He Maybe not the best player on the planet. We talk a lot about all these different skill sets. But Juan Soto is going to have the high OBP. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. 
and he's going to be up there at the end of the year if he's healthy for an entire season. So there's no reason why Soto's odds should stay as high as they are right now, plus 550. Love that value. I'm going to flip things completely on their head with my other NL West pick. It is another rookie of the year pick. You know, we're doing a favorite long shots podcast on payoff pitch leading up to opening day, which I will not be on. So I have to get some of my long shots in here. Michael Bush, Dodgers prospect. Currently at FanDuel, he's 100 to 1 to win NL Rookie of the Year. You look around and do some line shopping, he's about 30 to 1 at a lot of other books. So there's insane value on Michael Bush. He's going to start the year in AAA for the Dodgers. Sean talked about their depth, some of the uh, uncertain guys that they're relying on. Bush kind of plays everywhere. We could see him come up and play three different positions. He has very good power. He has a great contact rate. He gets on base. We could see Bush come up by the end of April and for the rest of the year hit 300 with 15 home runs while playing three different positions. 100 to 1 is absolutely insane value on a prospect. He's top 50-ish at most prospect outlets. Absolutely love him, and that's where the value lies in that market. I just want to comment on Soto because Colin said we talked about the fact that we wanted to bet Soto and Acuna basically every year until they won an MVP. Well, last year... Soto, two years ago, Soto was plus 750. Last year, he was plus 300. This year, he's close to plus 600 again. So I didn't bet him last year. I bet him two years ago. I bet him this year. Acuna is 10 to 1 this year. That's absolutely worth betting too. Just bet the two of them. Bet Mookie bets. That's all you need to bet in the National League. All right. Good stuff from a, a value numbers perspective. Let's go to BJ. NL West. What comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with both Colin and Sean that I will be on the Padres as well to win the division. I don't need to regurgitate every, all the wonderful points they said. I'm gonna instead going to go for uh, a Cy Young bet. Uh, the odds have kind of shortened a little bit, but I still think there's a little bit of value on it. Zach Gallen, Diamondback starter, 12 to 1 to win the Cy Young. Obviously, he, you know, for a long time, especially 2020 and 2021, Gallon has been one of the more underrated pitchers in Major League Baseball. And last season, he finally took that big leap forward that now puts him in, 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 you know, as one of the top five or six guys in the odds boards to win the NL Cy Young. So last season he did overperform a little bit, but a two five ERA. And what he did a great job of is he brought down his walk per nine rate. He essentially slashed his home run per nine rate in half. And, but his K per nine rate went down. So essentially he's getting more ground balls. He's get, being able to produce more outs rather than just trying to strike people out. And his four pitch rotation does not really have a weakness in it. If you look at it, it's a fastball, curveball, cutter, changeup. All four of those pitches are allowing an, an expected weighted on base average under 300. So for a guy who has, who's been very, very dominant with his fastball and curveball for a long time and has been putting up the expected metrics of around a three, 3.25 starting pitcher. I think there's tremendous value uh, on, on Zach Allen to win the NL Cy Young uh, at 12-1. I'm glad BJ brought up the Diamondbacks real quick. Big Diamondbacks fan this year. I know a lot of people on our staff are over 75 and a half wins, I think is a good bet. And you could even take a flyer on them to make the playoffs at plus 430. Do I think it's likely? No. Do I think if everything breaks right for that team, it's possible? Absolutely. All right, fellas, good stuff. That is our National League Best Bets episode here on the Action Network podcast, the American League episode already out. So you can take a look and take a listen to that. If you missed it from earlier in the week, I will remind you again on the baseball front, payoff pitch, long shots, player props. That's coming your way. Action Network's MLB betting podcast, payoff pitch. We'll also be joining you periodically 
and regularly throughout the regular season. Also for the Action Network podcast, March Madness player props for the final four coming out later this week. For Sean Zarillo, Colin Whitchurch, BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy. Best of luck with your picks for this coming MLB season. And thanks, as always, for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.